The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP. WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. All right, we made it to the end of the week, and a happy weekend to everybody. One of our favorites in studio. He's done this uh, for us a couple of different times now. He is fantastic at what he does, whether you're reading him, you're listening to him on the athletic football show. He's a great writer covering the NFL. He's from here. He's a Bears fan, but he covers the entire National Football League. He's Robert Mays. You can watch it on Twitch right now. You can listen, of course, on ESPN 1000 in the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2. And and this is uh, the first time you've joined us when we are officially the brand new home of the Chicago Bears. So it's welcome exciting. back. Uh, it's very good to be here. I always appreciate when you guys have me. Yeah, you are great at what you do. And I said before the break, too, you were the very first. And it wasn't even close. Like, I even think we played your soundbite for some other NFL experts, maybe even people in Green Bay, say, hey, I want you to listen food for thought with what Maze is saying. Listen to what he is saying about Aaron Rodgers and the possibility that he could get traded and we would play it, and they're like, yeah, they're, they're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. And, and we said, well, he's not saying they are for sure, but he's saying it's a possibility. And you beat him by miles on this, that it was a possibility after one year. And sure enough, here we are where Aaron Rodgers could be dealt, and no one was ahead of you on that. It wasn't any like speck of information. I think it was just kind of reading the tea leaves about where they were at that point in the season. And then they started playing a little bit better. But the financial realities of it make it possible. And they're in such a unique situation because a lot of the time when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or even a tier or two below Aaron Rodgers, you can't move on because there's no alternative. They have a guy on the roster. They have a guy on the roster they drafted in the first round. And whether they like him or not, I think that there's incentive to figure out what you have in him. So they can drop a guy in that they've already seen, that they've seen in practice every single day, and that's on a rookie quarterback contract. So the fact that they have an alternative, I think, is one of the reasons that it's feasible and one of the reasons that they're seriously considering it. This is obviously a foregone conclusion at this point, isn't it? Mark Murphy, their president, just talked about how they've given him permission to speak to the Jets. It's just a matter of what the Jets are willing to do with regard to sending something back to Green Bay, correct? Yeah, and I think that there's some financial questions involved about how much the Packers would be willing to pick up, how much the Jets would have to pay. Is he going to play two years? Is that a consideration? So I think they're just trying to iron out some details. Is he going to make it there? I mean, who do you expect Aaron Rodgers to be in a Jets uniform? When he's engaged, he's still a really good player. Yeah, you know, And I think that this specific situation, he has a lot to prove. And he's going to an offensive coordinator he knows. So I think there's going to be a lot of familiarity there. There's going to be no acclimation period. They've got some weapons there. Garrett Wilson's a real player. I have questions about what their offensive line is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown is back, but... 
know, Makai Becton's been hurt his entire career. They've got questions in some of their interior spots and with their centers hitting free agency. You know, they have a fourth round pick from last year that could play right tackle. It's a fine group, but I don't they, think didn't that, they play three games last year where they didn't score an offensive touchdown. I mean, yeah. their their yeah. quarterback situation and was here, here's the argument in favor of the Jets if you're like, trying to think of this in the rosy way. They were a borderline playoff team for a good chunk of the season yeah. with the worst quarterback play in the league. If they had an average quarterback, if they had Derek Carr, who I thought made a lot of sense for them, for a regime and coaching staff that's really trying to save their jobs, they could win 10 games, 11 games, and be a potential playoff team. With Aaron Rodgers engaged in playing well, they could be even better than that. So yeah. I think it's a swing that makes sense for them. And it really, if you look at the landscape of the position, it's one of the only ones they have left. You know, if this doesn't work, you're looking yeah. at Jimmy Garoppolo and a lot of guys that are, again, one or two steps down from Aaron Rodgers that puts you in a very different position. Yeah. Is, isn't this um, Rams and Matt Stafford without the interceptions? Couldn't this, like, isn't that the ceiling where, where, that you're hoping for? Yeah, I think that that's, yes. Uh, because with the Rams specifically, you know, they were the four seed in the NFC that year. They weren't the best team in the league far and away. You need some breaks, but I think you need to put yourself in a position where if you get two or three of those breaks, it can go all the way to a Super Bowl. And I think that's what probably what the Jets see in this. I think it's a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. Before we get to the Bears conversation, what do you make of what's going on with Lamar Jackson and ultimately where he'll end up? It's a great question. I I think there are a lot of deterrents to him getting offers, and we've heard all about them. You know, Adam Schefter was talking about it this week. Randy Mueller on our podcast feed, who was a GM of the Seahawks, the Dolphins, multiple different teams back in the day, he was talking about this. You know, the fact that the Ravens can match any offer, I think, is a deterrent because most teams are looking at this. I talked to a head coach at the Combine. He's kind of, well, they're just going to keep them. You know, like, it's not worth pursuing because they're just going to keep them. So I think the fact that the Ravens can match any offer and what you're doing is essentially doing the Ravens' dirty work for them right. and negotiating the deal. And you're allowing him to be pissed at someone not in your building and someone else's building. Yes, and but I, my question is, they've got let it get to this place where it feels like they're, it's eroded, the relationship between yeah. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So this assumption that they're just going to match anything, I'd make them match it. And I know that there's a downside. One, you, there's a hole in your cap if you do this. So you really can't participate in free agency the way that you want to if you're giving him this deal. And are you worried about ruffling feathers of your own quarterback? That I don't care about as much. Right. You know, A lot of teams around the league, who cares if your quarterback's feathers are ruffled? You have a meeting with him afterwards, be like, listen, we had a chance to upgrade the position. We still believe in you. We think you can do this and that, but it's our obligation to better our team when we can. So some of the, ob- the excuses and things thrown out there, I don't really understand, but I do understand to a certain degree why it's been a little chillier than you might expect. Are you buying the collusion narrative here? I, I Because, look, I, I understand what people are saying, but I can make a case why this is risky to give him $200 million guaranteed. It absolutely is. And not just that. I can't imagine that the owner in Washington or Tepper in Carolina, who probably doesn't care what anybody thinks, is going to give a a rat's ass about what the rest of the NFL owners think if he believes trading for him and giving him a guaranteed contract makes his franchise better. I do think that's somewhat true. I also think that it is in the collective benefit of the owners to draw a line in the sand and make sure people know that we're not negotiating off the Watson thing. Like That is an outlier. So I don't know if 32 owners got on the phone and said, this is what we're going to do. But I do think that there is kind of a collective step being made by all of them to kind of show who's in charge and how we're going to do. But that's even common sense, isn't it? Like to give Deshaun Watson a 250 plus million dollar contract all guaranteed because the Browns make a silly 
decision or mistake doesn't mean the 31 other teams are forced to do the same. Agreed. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of the contracts and a lot of quarterback negotiations since then not go off of that deal. And when we have the Burrow conversation and the Justin Herbert one, which is coming, you know, over the next three or four months here, I'd be shocked if those were fully guaranteed contracts. But I understand that $250 million, if it is fully guaranteed for Lamar, can you really do that? Daniel Jones is getting 40 a year over the next three years. Yeah. Like it, So many times we talk ourselves into these quarterbacks and we all do these rationalizations about why they're worth it. And with Lamar, I almost feel like the opposite is happening. We're trying to talk ourselves into why it's not worth it. The level of desperation we've seen with some of these other moves, they've been for lesser players than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Robert Mays in studio with us. Uh, I want to build on this, but I, I do want to fix something here. I'm watching on Twitch, and I was reading some of the comments. And if you want to talk to Robert Mays, 312-332-3776. On our Twitch screen, there are two cameras. So there's one of Waddle, and there's one of me. And then there's, like, a line in the middle. <laughs> so people don't think Robert's here. I'm so, here. Maze is literally in the line in the middle. So yeah, you are over. speaking. Yeah. Slide yeah. next to Waddle. Yeah, there you go. Move See, your I'm microphone. Here. There you go. So, hey, so people hey. don't think you're like I, this. I promise I, I'm here. I usually lean over NFL here. Network per I promise I'm here. Uh, expert. Yeah, there you are. There, if, there's if Maze. If I had known this was on camera, I wouldn't have worn like a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt to a no, professional that, obligation. That, that's but, you. No. Yeah. yeah, so slide over, slide over uh, with all right, him. All right. Yeah. Okay. We're real cozy here. Okay. in his yeah. lap. I mean, right. whatever you want. Let's do it. So, yeah, I just... And and if any Bears fans or NFL fans wants to talk to Mays or Asco, you want to? Are you cool taking calls? Course, yeah. If you have any questions, you want to talk to us. You have a, um, a suggestion or anything like that for the Bears three three two three seven seven six. Did you guys discuss? Because I was reading comments, the possibility could there be teams sort of lying in the weeds for Lamar that they don't want to give up the pick until after the draft. I think that's possible. I also think it's possible that we could see free agency die down and then a team decides to get involved. Because, again, if you sign him to an offer sheet, the Ravens have five days to match. So that's a hold on your cap and your ability to sign other players during that time if it's going to be $50 million guaranteed against the cap this year. So we could wait for the first, second wave of free agency to die down, and then this happens yeah. because they can negotiate until July. So I, I absolutely think that there, it behooves some teams to say they're not interested because you want to drive the price down as well. So I don't believe anything that's happening right <laughs> now. I, I think that there will be a team that's incentivized to chase Lamar Jackson as soon as this gets a little quieter. How about our team? I think yeah. the last time we talked... I forget what was it November whatever it was. No, it's been we talked it right at the end of the year. Or was it, the the it year? was yeah. right at the end of the season. Yeah, 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 and I think that if I if I'm summarizing this incorrectly, please correct me. But I think that you still had some some serious questions, not just about the team, but maybe about Justin as well. Has some of that kind of been abated by some of the progress he made? And where are you at with our team and the quarterback? I definitely still have serious questions, yeah. and I think that even if you talk. Look at the comments that Ryan Poles has made over the last couple of weeks, of which there have been many, by the way. Right. I I think that he has still has doubts. I mean, if you think about like we need to see progress in this and this and this area. They're very and honest when they talk in a lot of ways that other teams aren't. They are. They are. And I and I'm with the assessment that I've seen from them in public, and then I think what we can kind of discern from what they've talked about in private. I want to come away from this trade, whatever it ends up looking like, with at least an extra first-round pick in 2024 because I think you need flexibility. Yeah. The, what he said to Peter King this week is kind of the phrasing that I've used the entire offseason. You owe it to yourself and to him to see this through. Yes. But if you feel like this year you put enough around him where you can make an honest assessment of him by the end of the year and he's not where you need him to be, 
you want the flexibility to be able to go get a guy next year. And yeah. there are real quarterbacks in next year's draft. And that may seem harsh. That may seem unfair to Justin Fields. But we're a year away from the Eagles doing the exact same thing right. with Jalen Hurts. They purposefully created enough flexibility for themselves in this year's draft. It's like, all right, we have two extra first-round picks. we got 10 and wherever we'll land. And can we go get a quarterback now if we need one? They no longer need one. Yeah. So I think kind of following a similar path where you give him every chance to succeed. Yes. And if he doesn't, then you have another avenue. I think that has to be the mindset. Sylvia and I say this all the time. Is this, Listen, Ryan Poles has a ton of pressure on him to make this team better. If you're not putting some of that pressure also on the young quarterback to show that he can take that next step, I think you're missing I think you're missing something there because he definitely needs to step forward and prove that he is your guy going forward. Absolutely. And I think that we've seen this with a lot of young teams recently who've done a very good job of trying to leave no doubt about their quarterback evaluation. The two examples from last year are the Eagles and what the Dolphins did. Dolphins went out and got Tyreek Hill. They spent in free agency. They had a new offensive coaching staff and said, okay, here you go. We have put you in a position where if you fall short now, there are really no questions left to ask. And I think the Eagles did the exact same thing, and that has to be the obligation the Bears feel yeah. right now. This is what Joel says. He's a big fan of yours. He says, very excited for Robert Mays going on Waddle and Sylvie. My question, Robert, objectively, do you think you're a little harsher in your analysis of fields given your lifelong disappointments. <laughs> I would argue no rookie quarterback has had as bad two-year situations and still showed improvement. How do you respond to that? I think it, I think it's fair. I, I think that I'm probably a little bit pessimistic based on what the last three decades of my life have looked like. <laughs> but I also think you have to be realistic. You know, if you look at some of the other quarterbacks who struggled over their first couple seasons and gotten a lot better, the best examples being Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. My concern has always been with the presence and the feel in the pocket. That, and that, that continues even when we've seen progress in other areas. I've said this 100,000 times. The number I can't get out of my head is the sack rate. 14% of his dropbacks ended in sacks last year. It's an astronomical number. And we have a lot of evidence that shows us that quarterbacks have more control over the pressure that they create than we think. It's not just the offensive line. So I just need to see... It needs to be sped up for me. And whether that's having more trust in the number one option in a progression or having a little bit better offensive lineman, that's what this season is for. I believe he can get there, but I think that I need to see real steps and real improvement in a couple of tangible areas for me to finally believe that he is. I would flip it around on that guy and say, are you overly optimistic based on the lack of overall success quarterbacks have had in this town over the course of time? I think that's fair. You know, I think that there are there is some realistic evaluation. And there is some unrealistic evaluation. And we can talk about whether it's on the upside or the downside. And because we are a quarterback-starved franchise, I think that's why we have so many extremes with regard to what we're seeing. Joe wants to ask uh, Robert Mays about uh, Fields as well. Joe in Lakeview, you're on with Robert Mays uh, from The Athletic. Joe, what you got for him? Thanks. I'm actually the tweeter who tweeted that. Okay. So listen, I, I respect that, and I appreciate your answer, Robert. But I, you know, the lack of the fact that we didn't even have a number two or a number one, and he's had the system changed every year. I agree, the sack rate's been awful. But you and Nate always talk about the importance of having a go-to receiver, so that even when, for example, you know, Justin Herbert isn't there with Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, he looks terrible. I mean, he still managed to improve. I, I don't think he's going to be a tier one elite you know, one of one Mahomes, but, you know, 
is he on the trajectory to be a top 10 quarterback in this league? I mean, you, it's undeniable that it wasn't just about his legs. You know, his deep throw ball, at, you know, he's the number one deep ball thrower in terms of accuracy over 30 yards and everything else. So I respect the pessimism because of the history. But I do feel like every time the conversation comes up, the sack rate's there. But the mitigating factors are there as well. It's, I've seen enough that I want to see more. I think, I think that's really the only thing. I, I've come to no firm conclusions. I think you need to, like those other two teams did, leave no doubt by the way that you structure the rest of your team. And that's why you know, we'll get into specific players, but somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins or somebody that is like a real number one receiver. I mean, Waddle knows this. When you're constructing plays, okay, you have the number one option in the progression of a play, and you build the play around that. Aaron Rodgers told me last summer... And Devontae Adams was 80% of the Packers <laughs> passing game. And when you have that, it speeds up your process as a quarterback because you trust, all right, this as the number one guy on this route, I can throw this. I trust him. If you look at what that did for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, it's unbelievable. Over the first eight weeks of the season, when teams played man coverage against the Eagles, A.J. Brown was targeted on 35% of his routes. Like it, it's, a, it's an easy button. It's an easy answer. It allows you to play confidently and quickly. If they give him that, and we still see these issues, then that's what I'm going to be really concerned. I have a question to you as well about the, the, the sack rate. I trust him more feeling pressure from the edge than up front. And I think that especially young quarterbacks are more affected by pressure that is coming at you. And my goodness, was there a lot of pressure in his face because they weren't stout from guard to guard. Would you say that maybe shoring up center is it important for their protection and him getting better at feeling the pressure than even getting better out on the edge at tackle? Definitely. And I, even the center part of it is a mental workload as well. I mean, the fact that you're switching between centers, they brought in Lucas Patrick yeah. to be that guy, then he wasn't that guy. I've said this for years. I, I think that bringing in a veteran center for a young quarterback is an unbelievable easy button. I think that the two specific... Do you specific, think they tried to do that with Lucas Patrick? I absolutely do. I they absolutely yeah. do. But I think that if you look at a couple examples... Corey Winsley going out and playing with Justin Herbert in yeah. Los Angeles. Night and day, the offense, when Corey's playing and when Corey's not. Mitch Morse gets signed by the Bills, I think, in maybe year one or two of Josh Allen being the starter there. And those deals, top of market, free agent deals for centers, age better than at any other position yeah. in free agency. Look so what think, Jalen Hurts has in front of him in Philly. It's, it's unbelievably important. What about the Titans center who just got released today? Is, is that ben someone that, that they should look at? I, you, turn over every stone. And, and that's the funny part about talking about the Bears in free agency is that some teams, like, okay, they need this one piece or that one piece, and you can make easy connections. With them, they need everything. everything. <laughs> so, you, 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 know, right. you can list off every player available on the open market and make a case for him in some way. Yeah, so uh, I want to bring up what you you just mentioned about DeAndre Hopkins. We have mentioned him. What what concerns me a couple of things is is his age, and then we have talked about this that they're still at the bottom where they need culture pieces as mm-hmm. well as good pieces. We have always heard that DeAndre Hopkins doesn't like to practice, doesn't work hard Monday through Friday, and you know how Eberflus is setting the culture, the hits, and everything like that. I don't know if that's a good fit for this team. Maybe it's a better fit for a team that's ready to win instead of this team. What do you think? It is about a great that? point, and it has definitely been in the back of my mind every time I've talked about it. Are you at stage two of ten, and because you're building something, you don't want to inject that at this point? I totally get that. But at the same time, it helps to have good players. Oh, it really does. It makes life a lot easier when they're good. 
What do you expect them to focus on here in the next few days? Like when, when, when they're allowed to announce something, what do you expect them to announce? Based on what they, it's hard to know because there's not a lot of history and free agency with this group. They had no money to spend last year. I mean, right. The only thing they really tried to do was go sign Larry Ogunjobi. And then they didn't do that for obvious reasons with the failed physical. So you look at the defensive linemen available in this class. Do they try to go get another three technique that can be the centerpiece of that defense? A Javon Hargrave, somebody like that. But again, I mean, there are several starting guards available in free agency this year. Not a ton of great ones. Mm-hmm. Salamalu, Dalton Reisner. Do they want a starter at that spot? They have a need at corner. They have a need at safety. I mean, there's just a million, safety less so, but they just have so many different needs. Linebacker. Yeah. You know, Bobby Okereke played for Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis. There are a bunch of off-ball linebackers available in this group that could be kind of stabilizing players. It's hard to even know because I don't know how they want to build this thing. Are you a McGlinchey guy for a right tackle? He's a starting caliber player, and I think that there's value in that, but you're paying a premium for it. Right. There aren't that many guys outside of that top tier of three with McGlinchey, Caleb McGarry, and Jawan Taylor that you probably want to, that you feel comfortable slotting into that spot. So I think that of those options, he might make the most sense. What about Orlando Brown? I, I think spending that much offensive line to me is a, the way that it's referred to is a weakling system, right? Mm-hmm. So having, five capable players is more important in a lot of ways than having one really good player. So if you look at the way you're spending resources, I don't know if I'd want to spend $22 million a year on a left tackle when I could spend $14 million a year on a right tackle and $7 million a year on a starting guard. So I think I'd rather spread out my resources than spend all of that on one spot. Are you in the camp, though, that Orlando Brown Jr. is a blue chip player? Or is he a guy that some we hear some people say, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a bit overrated, not as solid as you would think based on the salary? There's that top, top group of left tackles in the NFL when those guys are healthy. I think that Trent Williams is obviously in there, Laramie Tunsil, uh, David Bakhtiari when he's healthy. Those top kind of three or four or five guys. And then there's a step down from there where you're getting – capable play all the time and a lot of those guys are in the exact same tier and they're paid that way jake matthews donovan smith was in there for a while Deion dawkins in buffalo Mm -hmm. these guys who just you know what set it and forget it i'm fine and orlando brown i think is in that group but is going to be overpaid because he's hitting free agency so if you're comfortable paying a little bit of a premium a lot of those guys make like in the 17 18 million dollar a year but you have that luxury because you have so much money to spend now you don't want to get into this trend of overspending for everyone but can you do it at that position because of the, the importance? Probably. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would, again, because I think that free agency should be a way to plug holes and find snaps rather than trying to pay for premium players because premium players don't hit free agency. Right. But I can understand the argument yeah. for it. All right. Robert Mays in studio. If you have a question for Mays, 312-332-3776. Now I think the, the, the big story, even though it's furthest away, while we're on the brink of free agency... Everyone loves talking about the draft. And there are so many rumors and polls has been so open about the calls he's receiving. And I want to know what you think and what you believe is most likely to happen. We'll get into that with Robert Mays coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie, watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I checked five different times to make sure that this was uh, the real Ian Rappaport. 
And does Shefty have it now, too? We have the compensation from Shefty, yep. Okay, good. So let Ian Rappaport was on this first. This is the big one, everybody. The big one. This is the big one. The big one. Ian Rappaport had this first. Major draft shakeup. And Ooh, we just, wow, the last piece of that puzzle. Yes. Let me give the news first for everyone driving. According to Ian Rappaport, sources say the Bears are trading the number one overall pick to the Panthers in exchange for big-time compensation, including multiple first-rounders. Chicago loads up and lands the n- at number nine, while Carolina can draft its quarterback of the future. Now, I haven't seen the big one that you guys are talking about. Give me the other details, Waddle. You want the compensation. Yes, give me the compensation from Shefty. Pick number nine. Pick number 61, a first-round draft pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. So they're getting DJ Moore, a guy that we have talked about a lot, and were interested in last year, and now they're getting yet another wide receiver. What do you, uh, Robert Mays, your breakdown. The timing on this is insane. I can't believe I'm sitting here right now. <laughs> He's like, remember when Lovey got fired and Jay Cutler had, was doing the show? Goes, guys, I got to leave. I got a feeling that Robert's got the uh, same we'll feeling. Fi- right now. We'll figure it out. Pod here? I'm sure we will <laughs> after yeah. I get home. But I, like, I thought this was fake when I, I I saw this. I'm like, is this the real Ian Rappaport? And I'm checking in like for like he did it. Like all this talk about. In uh, Peter King's story, and all these rumors about, hey, he could trade this before free agency, and let's slow down and let's let's go for every uh, bull down the hill that Waddle said. He wasn't lying. He was being open and honest. And the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper, the owner, and Frank Reich, who's been burned in Indianapolis, uh, went and they came out and they wowed the Bears and they made yeah. they made the trade. So what, what do you think here, Mays? Did the Bears make a good trade? I, I think you have to like so many pieces of it. Like I said, I you needed to come away from this trade with a future first-round pick in 2024 for the quarterback question. They did that. Cap space is only good if you spend it on players worth spending on. And that's why having – I said this so many times when I was looking at the Bears offseason. That ocean of cap space, you can wield that on things that aren't free agents. Yeah. So getting DJ Moore yeah. back in that deal, DJ Moore is better than any receiver you're going to get in free agency. He's better than any receiver you're going to get in this draft. He's better than any receiver on your roster by a long shot. And he's cost-controlled. He's really young. So what's DJ Moore worth – Probably a first-round pick, yes. right, on the free agent market yes. or in the trade market, a high second-round pick at the very least. So if you're adding another one of those, you're getting a lot for this. So I, it's hard for me to hate it. And this, now you know what you can do. Right. You know the, the landscape yeah. of free agency, who you need to chase, all that stuff, which that's why I thought there was benefit in doing it now. Yeah, and, and listen, I think we all agreed, too, that the trade happens sooner rather than later if a team knocks your socks off. Like, this is a pretty... Special bit of compensation from my perspective. I'm no draft guru, but when you get a first round pick in 2024, as Robert said, it gives you it gives you an escape hatch if you need it. Yeah. The, the second round pick in 2025 is valuable as hell as well. And now it's I got not a the guy, first that I was hoping. For. No, I was hoping for the no, double barreled first of 24 and 25, but you got more too. True, and, and not just that, but there's a good chance even with a young quarterback, and there are some good pieces of that Carolina team that that could be a top 10 pick. So you're picking in the top 10 in the second round in 2025. You know what I'm saying? Like things can change. I get all of that. But now you also have an answer 
as Robert said, there was nobody in free agency at the wide receiver position that is on the level of DJ Moore. This is where your cap space comes into play. You know, I'm just repeating things that Robert said. So I'm not shocked that the deal was made this early as long as the compensation was wow me compensation. And I'm wowed. So it's a good deal from where I sit. Do they have a number one? Like, is DJ Moore a number one receiver? Yes. Yeah. He is. Yes. I mean, it depends on where you want to draw that line, but DJ Moore is worth building your passing game through. That's how I would define a number one He's receiver. He's not Justin Jefferson, but you don't have to be Justin Jefferson to be a one in this He's league. a very good player. Yeah. He's so a very good DJ player. DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool that works. as far as wide receivers. That works. And that that trio is like I can work with this now. Yeah. And now you have the ninth overall pick. If you want to go find an offensive lineman right. with that, one of pick. those two offensive linemen, and you have a hundred million dollars in cap space. You get nineteen million in DJ Moore. You can restructure that if you want to. That's all in base salary for this season. And you have still a ton of financial flexibility to go out and remake other parts of this team. Let me ask you guys this: Is there a chance that Jalen Carter is still there at nine? And it, with all the stuff going on, and if who knows? Could you still get Jalen Carter at nine if he passes all of your homework? So the last two teams that traded down in, and tried to you know pick up extra picks way before the draft that come to mind for me are Philadelphia with the with the Dolphins. So remember, the, well, the Dolphins and the Eagles, right? So the Dolphins traded down with the Niners. They went from three to twelve in the Trey Lance trade. They went back up to six to get Jalen Waddle, and then the Eagles. From that 12th pick, traded back up to 10 to get Devontae Smith in the same draft. So just because you're at 9 doesn't mean I mean, you have to stay at yeah. 9. And now you have a lot of ammunition. You have the 61st pick. You have the extra 4th that you got from the Eagles. You have an extra 5th that you got from the Patriots. This is why you trade down. So the the 61st pick is what? The top of the... It's the bottom of the second round. Bottom of the second round. That's the Niners pick. The 61st pick is the Niners pick in the McCaffrey trade. Okay, so they get, again, to recap, if you're just tuning in, the Bears did it. And we just did it. They did it. Like, we didn't know when this would happen. Would this happen a draft week? Would this happen draft month? This has happened here in the second week of March before free agency happened. And we asked the question earlier today. Um... And, and uh, R.J. Curcio, one of our, our big uh, partners who is an expert on the law and rules and everything like that, he even tweeted me saying uh, regarding um, the question, will the Bears still have the number one pick at the start of NFL free agency? It was our poll question today. 54% of the voters said yes. 45% of the voters were right. No, they, they don't. R.J. Curcio said In order to get a first-round pick in 2025, I think by the CBA, Robert, you may be familiar with this, um, it has to be in the new league year. You can't trade for, I don't think, a first-round pick or something like that. Beyond the next, beyond the the two years in advance, you're saying. something like that. I have not heard uh, of that, uh, but that seems possible. But they did trade for a a second-round pick in 2025, so I'm I'm not sure if that just becomes official in the new league year. Who knows? So whatever the case is, um, they did make the deal. So the Bears did it, and and they go down to number nine. And again, recap Waddle, the compensation that they get from the Carolina Panthers. They get number nine, which is currently the Panthers' first-round pick. They get pick number 61 in this draft. They get a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver D.J. Moore. 
And DJ Moore's contract, Robert, was what? Like, they inherit the contract, which isn't. And it was signed before the wide receiver market blew up. Right. So his contract was for three years and $61 million was yeah. his, his extension. So over the next three seasons, DJ Moore's cap hits for the Bears will be $20 million this year, $16 million or so in 2024, and $15 million in 2025. Which is all very, di- very digestible yes. for a team that's got space the and way that they do. now, because there's, I assume, like no dead money remaining on that deal, he has a million-dollar roster bonus in 2025. If you want to renegotiate or restructure some of that deal and yeah. borrow from that $20 million this year, you can easily do it if you yeah. wanted to. This reminds me of when the Bills traded for Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had already signed his extension. It was a below-market extension. They didn't redo it. I mean, for two years, I believe, he played on that contract. And if you look at it compared to other players at the position, Stephon Diggs is a better player than DJ Moore, but it felt like a bargain. And I think you could be looking at this exact same thing. You think about the extensions. Tyreek Hill, Adams, A.J. Brown have signed. This is a lot less than those. And like you guys were saying, DJ Moore is, in essence, their first signing of the free agency Correct. period. That's how I look at yeah, it. Yeah, right. I mean, right. I always felt that whether it was it was making a trade for, and we even talked about Carolina, and I'm, the name I used was Brian Burns, and they I know that him. they weren't yeah. trading him. I get it, but as I said, if you make a trade with a team like Carolina, there's a very good chance it is going to include an accomplished player that serves the purpose of signing somebody in free agency. And again, this is what having all of the different assets at your disposal does for you if you're the Bears. Can That's why I, flexibility matters. Yes, I just exactly. got I just got a, a, a text message from Mike Tirico. I'm going to read it. Uh, I don't know if you wanted me to read this on the air or not. I assume. <laughs> does it say do uh, not read on the air? It doesn't say do not read on the <laughs> air. But uh, I'm going to read it anyway. Tirico texted me here. Let me go get to both of them so I could read it. He said, wow. What a freaking haul. Yeah. And he said, trading with a billionaire who wants to win no is question. awesome. <laughs> That's why we focused on Carolina and Tepper as well. I mean, I think you go beyond that, too. It's the urgency from the owner. We've seen that over the last couple of years. But it's the cycle that both the GM and the head coach have been on for the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Scott Fitter was on the – he wasn't there when they signed Teddy Bridgewater. But the Sam Darnold train, the Baker Mayfield train. Right. And then you look at what happened with Frank Reich and Indy. Yes. Cycling between all those different guys. They want off that ride. Yeah. They want a guy they can build around on a rookie deal. And now they have it. Who they're going to pick with that pick is fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, you could go a Who bunch of different directions. Pick? If I if right now Anthony Richardson would be my guess. Really? Yes. And I, what, I, what, how would you how would you respond a, to that? Wow. Just a gut feeling. I think just a gut feeling based well, then, on that could be the best thing for the Bears. Yes, because he's the furthest away. In my yeah, opinion, yeah, potentially. If yeah. they would take him, isn't Which he means the biggest your second project? Round, yeah, your first and second round picks would be higher. Potentially, yes. Uh, that, that's absolutely a possibility. I don't, that's based on nothing ba- other than conversations I've had with people that are very loose. But that's just a gut feeling that they want the traits guy. And that's why they're willing to go that far up to get him. Interesting. No, no. Again, the Bears, like you said, they could go back up a couple of spots. What are we thinking at nine? Now, what are we looking at? We're looking at the two offensive linemen, Ohio State and, and Skaronsky, uh, the kid from Maine South and Northwestern. I, I think the interesting concept is, is Jackson Smith and Jigba has been climbing. I don't think that you go there now because you got DJ Moore, but who the hell knows? But why not? Point? I mean, like, can you have, ever have too many? No, but you've got but, so many protection issues right now. I would think more about your offensive line, maybe a pass rusher as well, but... Oh, well, what I wouldn't rule out anything. What about the pit defensive tackle who's been who tested so well at the combine 
at that area. I think you just need to pick a premium position. That that's be the only thing I would say. Offensive tackle, pass rusher, corner. Like, yeah. and there are going to be corners that are worthy of top ten picks, depending on how the draft falls. And you're looking now. So Carolina went from nine to one. So that's quarterback at one. The Texans are going to pick a quarterback at two, most likely yeah. based on what we've heard. The Colts want to come away from this with a quarterback. So though the first three picks could potentially be quarterbacks or three of the first four picks. Well, the Colts would have to trade with who? The Cardinals. The Cardinals, Cardinals are at three. three. Yeah. And they're third. This is what, yeah. what I always said that polls could threaten Ballard with is, look, if you're not going to pay us what we want, you're going to be getting your third choice at quarterback or possibly your third choice. Yeah. And so if they, the Bears are picking ninth, we got six players that are non-quarterbacks, right. so you get potentially one of the six best players. And, listen, Jalen Carter may be that guy. You don't know. There's a lot of time between now and the draft. Maybe things happen that make him a more viable pick. I don't know. It's not I'm just Will Anderson. It's not, we're, yeah. out, we're out of the Will Anderson talk now. I think that yeah, I so think often so. you talk yourself into players and say, this is the guy. We know this is the guy. Very rarely do you know this is the guy. Right. It was always going to be more important to get the assets back or a proven commodity like DJ Moore back than say, hey, we have to be in range to draft this player. There is no one single defensive player to me that makes it worth taking less because you're worried about missing out on Is him. there a player at nine that could be there as a pass rusher that would be worthy of that spot? I know it's a kind of a deep, deep draft, especially at the top of the draft. The draft is not my area of expertise right now because that, I do that after the free agency ends. But Tyree Wilson is the name that okay. I think had been mocked there a few different times for teams moving back. There are going to be other pass rushers available yeah, yeah. in that range if they want to go get one. All right, go, go do your yeah. thing. We appreciate you. Yes. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. Like, this I, this sorry one, to have you tied down to the most important time like, of the offseason. Maze, this is forever going to be a trivia question on our show. And I'm sure, like, for you, that we're all going to be – this is, like, we've had memorable moments. Like, Meller, me, and Waddle with Abdallah were all together when they drafted Mitch. Yeah. This is going to be a moment we always remember when the Bears traded down from number I one. I feel more like, joy and optimism right now than I did when I yes. that other trade was made. We were live doing our first live draft show for the athletic football show in a small, tiny hotel suite at the courtyard over there on Dearborn. That was the budget we had in year one (laughs) when they traded up for Justin Fields. And that was on video, on camera. People could see me do that. We've got this. So now I'll remember this forever. And then yesterday, I'm getting married in May. And so we was going through like old pictures with my fiance last night. And there's a photo of me in my old apartment building in River North the night that Mitch got drafted. And I'm curled up in the fetal position on the couch because I was so upset. So I feel very different right now yeah, than too. I felt in that moment. Yeah. And it was very special to share it with you guys. Yeah, it was I'm glad great. That I was yeah. And congratulations yeah. on the Thank engagement. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 So it's um, Overall, that's the most important part of the entire afternoon, knowing that... Uh, second the, most. Second most, definitely. Other than the trade? Yeah, the okay. trade. Right. I, I hope that I look back on 2023 and this moment in this trade was more important than my wedding. I, I really hope. And she will understand. <laughs> yes, That's I why I picked the right one. I know. Yeah. Major's awesome. the best. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. It was great. Right. So to recap, let's ring up the phone lines. We, we're, we Unfortunately, today we have a shortened show. So we only have about a half hour. React to the big news. Do you like that Ryan Poles struck quickly? He made the deal today with the Carolina Panthers. The Bears have traded down to number nine. The Bears did trade the number one overall pick to the Panthers. They get nine. They also get a bottom of the second round pick. 61. 61. They get next year's Panthers first round pick. pick. 2025 second round pick and DJ Moore. And DJ Moore. 
So now they're building a wide receiving core. 332-3776. We'll take your calls next. On the Chicago talk shows, we'll have plenty to talk about our buddy Tom Waddle, former Bear. They'll be taking lots of calls about that decision. Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Boy, it's one of the biggest news items we've been on the air for. The Bears have made the trade. They did trade down from number one with the Carolina Panthers to number nine. The Bears get the ninth overall pick. They get the 61st overall pick. That's the bottom of the second round. They get a first-round pick in 2024. They get a second-round pick from the Panthers in 2025. And they get wide receiver DJ Moore, who's still young and he's cost-controlled. He signed an extension just a year ago. And for considering what he is in the wide receiver money, as Robert Mays told us, it's not a bad contract. No. And um, this is where you use some of that free agency money that you had available because you had so much cap space. You can make a trade like this and continue to just keep on rolling because the salary is very digestible. So, yes, you're you if you're just getting into your car on this Friday, heading into your weekend, you heard that correct. The Bears did, even before free agency, make the trade. They have traded down from the number one spot to number nine with the Carolina Panthers. Our buddy Jeff at the the Bears blog also reported, and he's been on this. He's been saying that he's been hearing it's Carolina and they want it badly. Um, He said that Carolina had been offering both of those number one picks from 24 and 25. But as Peter King alluded to, not the team, but... Right, but but Poles was insistent on getting DJ Moore instead of the second number one overall pick. He valued Moore higher than the second number one overall pick, and that he was able to get what he wanted. I'm cool with that. So, by the way, I think also listen. Where is their pick from the Baltimore Ravens, the second round pick that the Bears have in the trade with Roquan Smith? Is it fifty five or fifty six or it's somewhere it's in somewhere there, right? In there, yeah. So, I think Courtney pointed this out and has pointed this out before. Fifty five, okay, fifty five. There's a gap between nine and fifty five, but you've got nine fifty five and now sixty one. Don't be shocked if Ryan Poles does a little something if he feels they. He's got flexibility now. I don't love that, though. I'm, well, like, I'm just I, telling you, you be, be, don't be shocked if they they find a way to kind of get further up in the draft. I know, but like you still should be able to get really good players at 55 and, and, and 61. My point those, is, those are second-round players, my, Waddle. My point is, is if there's somebody there that they really like, they've got some draft currency to make a move if, in fact, they want well, to. And don't forget, they've also got their third, which is 65th overall. Right. So they so have 55, My point 60, is, is that this 65. asset that you add, 61, gives you flexibility this year if you do find that you would like to move up and find another difference-making player. Because there is a gap between number nine I know that. and number 55. I got gotcha. you. So I, gotcha, I won't be shocked. I want, I want like four really good players from nine 
55, 61, and what was the uh, third round pick? 60 what? 65. 65. Like, I need four really good players to set the foundation there. Where was Brisker picked? Third round? Second no, no, round? No, no, second second, round? Both of them were second round right, picks. So where the were they picked? 31 was 39, like, one was 47. Like, 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 those are second round picks. Those are guys who are setting the foundation. These should be foundational picks. Yes, I'm. Listen, no, you, no, you, 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 you get worked up about it. I'm, I'm just not getting telling worked you, up. What I'm they just can do, what I'm telling you is, is it gives them flexibility now. If in fact they would like to move forward, they've got a little more ammo. I'm fired to do up. That. Look, I'm fired up over the news. It's, it's great. It's all. And, it's fantastic. And again, you have so much cap space, you can still address a number of your needs. All right, we'll go. We'll roll through all these calls. The Bears have traded down from one to nine. We'll go over the compensation. All your calls coming up next.